what I'm looking at internally is a shift in the ground of my experience. The self experiences itself as being very self-important and it can look at itself and analyze itself and go through all that. But the real shift is the shifting to another ground of experience. So the shift is from the being begins to experience itself. In order for that to happen, there has to be an experience of the being experiencing the self. So there has to be um, something internally has to say, oh, this is different. I'm experiencing reality in a different way now, a little bit of a different way. Because I've softened or I've relaxed, there's a different kind of experience occurs. It isn't that you've softened or that you've relaxed. It's really that you are being you. I've noticed a different function internally when there are moments of relaxation and softening of the heart, that there is a, like a very deep sense of vulnerability. That vulnerability is an experience of yourself. That vulnerability doesn't tell you about you. It doesn't tell you about your own being. So how is, how is it possible to loosen one's self-importance? Because that's what seems to be... One regards oneself as so important. There's very little sense of a relationship with oneself. It, one, one is oneself. This sense of importance in yourself does not originate from what you really are. It doesn't exist in your being. When you're profoundly honest in the midst of a self-importance, when you're quieted within, you know that's not it. You can let that be it because it's your experience and you can feed it. If you feed it, you'll increase your ego. Explain the relationship between the ego and the self. You make a distinction between the two. Your ego is your identification with self-importance. The ego is subsequent to the identification with yourself. You can be identified with yourself and still remain in your innocence. When you develop an ego, you walk away from your own innocence. It seems a lot of the time that um, I'm not aware of the movement of my, my ego. It's just moving me rather than me being aware. So there's a relationship between awareness and the ego. So what is that relationship? Because it's possible to be moving internally without even knowing it. You're just identified with the thought or feeling and you just move with it. But then awareness arises for a few moments and you see what's happening internally. And that and that informs you. Is that is that a but it doesn't happen very often, you know. Whatever you as awareness 
in the midst of yourself, believe. You make real within yourself. So in that way, you're able to delude yourself. You're able to lie to yourself. When you lie to yourself, you make real in yourself something that isn't even true. But as soon as you take to heart that which you wish to be true in the midst of yourself, you make real in yourself. You make it actual, and it becomes a part of your experience. Once it's a part of your experience, you can't see outside of it. You can only see from that. The way out of that is by being your being in the midst of that creation. I totally understand that. How does one remain in one's being consistently? How does one bring that into one's life? One bring it into moments of one's existence? By believing what you most quietly and deeply know the truth of in your heart. It's through your immediate full response to direct knowledge deep within your heart that you access your own being. When you believe what you know, when awareness believes what it knows instead of itself, then awareness is being what it knows. It's through beingness that you access your being. You can't access your being while being yourself, because yourself isn't like your own being. Is it possible to settle into that continuously as a continuous movement of consciousness? It's possible to experience moments of this, but not to be there all the time. That's what I'm finding. When you're at a deeper level, you're also at a deeper level of time. So the way that you relate to all the time, that's how you experience yourself. You just repeat that, how I relate to time. That is how I experience myself. Yes. When you refer to being, being in this all the time, you're looking at the idea of being your being from within yourself. That's why you use the languaging of all the time or constantly, because that's how you experience yourself. But that's a superficial level of time. A deeper level of time isn't like how you experience time in yourself. When you say all the time, your sense of that is difficulty. All the time in yourself means that it requires effort and it's trying. It's a stress. When you're coming a little bit from your own being, when you're in your heart, you don't relate to constantly and all the time. 
what you relate to when you're coming from your heart is the ease of, I can do this. There's a different beingness in that than how you experience yourself. From within yourself, the response is, I'll try to do this. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be difficult. I'll do my best. From within your heart, when you're purely in your heart, the response is pure. The words are, I can do this. And it's the tone within the words that tells the truth of it. If there's strength in the tone, you fool yourself. That's you being in yourself, trying to convince yourself that you can do this. It doesn't require any strength. You're able to be your own being in the midst of weakness anywhere in yourself. You don't need to pull yourself together. So it's a kind of reminding oneself to move into that space. If you remind yourself, then you remind you in yourself of how you experience yourself. If you remind yourself, your response within yourself is, okay, I'll try it. So it's a different movement. Yes. You're moving as a being in yourself instead of moving as a self, as yourself in yourself. You don't need a good mind for this. You don't need a developed brain for this. You don't need a good body for this. If you have a being, that's it. It's all you need. All you need is you in this, moving as your actual form. Your actual form is not yourself or your body or anything that you can perceive through your senses. Your actual form is what you move as awareness without any use of yourself. Your being is your actual form, but it's all unseen. So it, it's, a, it's a numinous experience. Yes. So we need to settle into that numinous experience just to be there, to settle into it. Yes, but more specifically, you need to believe what you know in your heart. So it's not through experience that you come into your being. It's through awareness, one with what it knows, that you come into your being. So there is a unity between awareness and knowing. Knowing 
moves yeah. as awareness. That's oneness. The entrance to oneness is knowing. And belief is the movement through that entrance. This is how you function as a being. It's not dependent on any experience. It's not dependent on sensation. But it's reflected in your experience and with sensation. But you can't use the feedback in your nervous system to tell you how you're doing. Because that feedback is an experience in yourself. Being absorbed in a movie makes what you're watching real. But being absorbed in a movie doesn't mean that what's taking place in the movie is actually happening. There has to be an element of discrimination in the mind in order for this, to, this process to occur, no? No. You don't need a good mind for this. A little child watching a movie is easily convinced in its experience that what's taking place in the movie is real, particularly if it's terrifying. But that small child can be guided into its own heart and into its being and watch a terrifying movie and not be caught in it. It's not through the use of its mind But we function in life with our minds. We, yes. And then the, our minds tell us that there is a new... ...experience, which the mind doesn't really know much about. And while this occurs, you know better than your mind. Your mind doesn't inform you of the truth. You do.